Well, hey there, friend. I am so excited for you to be in this podcast episode today. I am your host, Cam, and we are going to get started soon. But I wanted to let you know about a little something that I'll tell you a little bit more about at the very end. It's called our Facebook ad blueprint. That's right. We have a step-by-step guide on how do you do a Facebook ad for creative business owners. There are so many different ways to figure out how to do a Facebook ad, but we have learned the hard way on how to do it. And so we have a little uh, thing for you to purchase at the very end of this. And so stick around to the end. It is everything that you need to know about how to do a Facebook ad. Listening to the Render Podcast, a business podcast for creatives. I'm Cam, and I'm a visionary leader who has failed and thrived through small business. I've been in the event industry and am wildly passionate about education for small businesses and teaching others through the mistakes we've made along the way. I hope you leave here refreshed, engaged, and ready to take on your company, making the next right decision. Welcome to episode 35, Facebook Ads for Creatives. I'm your host, Cam of The Render Podcast, and I'm especially excited to bring this episode to you about Facebook and Instagram ads today because as someone who has learned the hard way and tried running ads a few different ways, I've finally figured out what works best for my creative business, and I'm pumped to tell you about it all today. As we get into the episode, you'll hear from three of my friends, Crystalyn Oquin of Crystalyn Oquin Jewelry. Amanda Schonberg of Chef Schonberg Suites, and Christy Varner of Victory Advisory Services. Amanda and Crystalyn are both in Louisiana and I and own and run creative businesses and are killing it in their craft. Christy is here in Dallas like I am and is a CPA for small to medium-sized businesses. I met them all at Rise Business Conference last year in Charleston, and we're all also in Amy Porterfield's course, Digital Course Academy. And we also meet on a weekly basis with a couple others in our weekly accountability group. Amanda, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, and your experience with ads so far? Sure. Well, my name is Amanda Schaumburg. I'm the owner of Chef Schaumburg Suites, which is my award-winning desserts catering company located here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm also the founder of Baking for Business. Baking for Business is my online platform, which teaches other bakers how to operate knowledgeable and successful businesses as well. Uh, my the experience with ads is I love running them. I love using ads in my business to meet new people and to best see how I can serve them as well as introduce them to my products. Awesome. I love that. Um, Crystalyn, I know that you're a creative business owner as well. Will you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what you do along with your experience with ads? Yes. So I am Crystalyn Oakland. I'm a jewelry designer from New Orleans, Louisiana. I design minimalistic um simple, clean line jewelry for ladies. And um, I have started my business about two years ago and I actually have not run ads yet. So I'm excited uh, to learn more about running them and I have a ton of questions, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thanks for being here. And Christy, will you tell us a little bit about you and your experience? Sure. My name is Christy Varner, and I am the founder of Victory Advisory Services. I'm a CPA, and I help um, entrepreneurs and small business owners gain confidence in their finances so they can gain control of them. I've been um, in business, mainly word of mouth, for the last 25 years working 
from everything from little companies to really big companies um, with a lot of different projects. But my passion is helping um, business owners gain strategy so they can achieve their goals. And so I have done no Facebook ads because for the past 25 years, I've just worked word of mouth. And when I made the shift to this last year, actually after um, Rise Business uh, to working with only small business owners, I realized I had to get out there and meet um, the smaller business owners. So I'm excited to learn about Facebook ads. That's awesome. I also love that you have grown your business through just word of mouth. You haven't had to do any advertising so far. Yes, such a blessing, such a blessing. But also so cool to meet all new people. So I'm excited to help others that I haven't met yet. That's right. So as you can see, all these women come from different backgrounds, experience levels with ads, and can all relate on some sort of level. I'd recommend pulling out a notebook and pen or your handy-dandy notes section on your phone and writing down these steps to creating Facebook and Instagram ads, because I know you're going to want to remember these when it comes time to create yours. Today, we're going to talk about setting up your Instagram ad account, creating your custom audiences, creating your ad through the media, copy and landing page and what to do after you publish your ads. So let's dive in with some things that you may not have known before when it comes to Facebook and Instagram advertising. First, within the Facebook Ads Manager, you actually form your Facebook and Instagram ads simultaneously. You can certainly do a promoted post within the Instagram app. However, to see those sponsored posts within Stories in the feed, you form those through Facebook Ads Manager. The second thing you need to know is that you can create custom audiences to see your content through the traffic you're already getting through your website, email lists, and other social platforms. And lastly, creating Facebook and Instagram ads is way easier than you might think. I know when I started creating my first ad on Facebook, I was totally confused and honestly crossing my fingers and hoping it turned out as I was expecting. Luckily, it was a pretty successful ad. However, in more recent months, I've actually learned the ins and outs of Facebook ads and can confidently say that what you'll learn here and in my step-by-step guide to Facebook ads, you'll feel confident putting together yours. All right, ladies, you ready to dive in? Yes. Yes, let's do it. All right. So if you've never set up an ad within Facebook before, you'll first need to go to business.facebook.com to set up your ad account. To do this, you'll go to the nine little dots in the upper left-hand corner of your screen, and that button right there will be your main navigation, so finding this first is super important. Go to the business settings there and add yourself, your Facebook page, and your Instagram page, and then create your new ad account. Adding in those four elements will set you up for your ad account to begin. So first things first, we need to form a plan of where we're going, and the results we want to create. You can apply everything you'll learn today in any area of your creative business. If you want to run an ad to fill up a freebie that you've been running to grow your email list, or sell tickets to an event, or just drive traffic to your business for a sale, you can use these formulas to create those ads. So pick your result that you want to get out of the ad you'll create, and then that will help us define our objective. There's a few things we need to define before we continue. And the first one is objective, which is what I just mentioned. It's the goal in mind that you just chose. Facebook Ads Manager calls this the objective, and most will choose something like traffic or conversion, but it totally depends on the result that you want to drive. 
There's about 11 objectives to choose from, and when you are on that part, it will tell you way more about each. And I recommend looking at that before you continue on. You can find that within the green button that says Create on Facebook Ads Manager. Another thing you'll need to know is the difference between cold and warm audiences. A cold audience is a group of people who don't yet know who you are or what you do. A warm audience has some sort of idea about you, whether they've followed you on social media, joined your email list, or visited your website. So Amanda, you've run a few ads before. So can you tell us a little bit about your cold and warm audiences and how you kind of created those? Well, sure. Absolutely. So a cold audience for me would be someone who is a baking enthusiast or someone who is a newbie baker. Um, This is someone who's probably just starting their business, or it could be that they've been doing their business for a while. Um, Generally, this is someone who has a passion for baking, who's wanting to do it for profit. Typically, they're women anywhere between the ages of 25 to 35. Their interests would be things such as food network, baking, and cake decorating. So that would be someone who is my cold audience. As far as warm, this is someone who has heard me speak before or has caught one of my lives or followed me on YouTube or have purchased a product already. Typically my followers, people that are on Instagram and Facebook. These people already have businesses, so they've been operating it for a while. They've interacted with me in some type of way. And it's generally women also who are business owners as well, other bakers. Awesome. I love that. And um, by the way, for our listeners, Amanda goes live every week and then on her Instagram and then puts it on YouTube and, and other various places. I love what you do with that because it really is engaging with your audience. And it's not just putting content out there and hoping you get a whole bunch of likes and comments. You're actually engaging with your followers and you know most of them by name, right? Yeah, I'm blessed to have lots of regulars and then I learn new people and meet new people every week. I love that. That's incredible. Um, So for your cold audiences, just to expand on what Amanda was saying, there's two different types of cold audiences. There's your main cold audience and then what's called your lookalike audience. Your warm audience is the people who already follow you, like she said. So your Facebook, your Instagram followers, your website traffic, your email list, anyone who follows you on those platforms, those would be considered your warm audience. A lookalike is just kind of a replication of that. It's trying to find people who are exactly like your warm audience that are newer who don't yet know about you. So it's taking those same demographics, same types of people, where they live, what they do, what they like, and creating a new audience for that and getting your face in front of those people. And then you have your other cold audience, and that is from anywhere in the world. And you can actually make it as niche as a specific neighborhood all the way through the entire world. So huge different um, areas that you can um, gather that information from. So at this point, you'll want to go ahead and set those audiences up in Instagram ad manager within an area called audiences. So in my Facebook ads blueprint, I'll show you exactly how to set these up and configure your cold audiences through an exercise. And I'll tell you a little bit more about that at the very end. The second thing you need to do is set up your Facebook pixel. This one takes a little bit of time to get set up and working on your website. And you want to have a Facebook pixel set up on your site to track if your ad is performing. Your main reason for an ad is to drive your cold and your warm audiences to your website to do something like buy a product, submit a contact form, or sign up for your email list. 
So a Facebook pixel is there to assure that's actually happening. You want to go ahead and add this pixel to every page on your website. And once you do the first one, it becomes simple to do from there. The reason you're going to add it to every single page and not just the one that you want people to go to from your ad is because in the future, you might want to have other ads that go to other places on your website. So it helps crawl your website to make sure that that is already done. Facebook will also have you test out this pixel before you start your ad just to make sure all is working properly. The third step to creating your ad is creating the ad itself. And the elements you need for that is such as copy, images, and a landing page. And you want that person to be looking at your ad and go to. The four key elements to a great ad are these. So first is an image that stands out with a three to five word call to action. The second is killer copy that hooks, sells, and gives a drool-worthy call to action, a click-worthy headline, and finally, a landing page that looks and feels similar to that ad. So let's tackle the image first. Crystalline, I have a question for you. What is the main color of branding for Facebook and Instagram? Um, uh, I'm thinking you're meaning like the blue colors from Facebook and um, like the pinks on Instagram, like in the logo. Is that what you mean? Yes, totally what I mean. Okay, so if there's hues of blue or pink throughout the both of the platforms, you'll want an image that is opposite of those colors. So think neutrals or greens or yellows. So if you do an image with lots of blue or lots of pink and red, it won't grab your attention as quickly. So keep that in mind when picking your image, whether that's a graphic image or whether that is a, um, an image of you or so. Amanda, have you chosen an image like that before? You know, I'm always very mindful of that. But when you said that, I thought that is such a great point because I've run across ads where it just blends. And too often people are always thinking of putting their brand colors, which you should use to a certain element. But you gave such a valid point because those are Instagram and Facebook's colors already. You want to be mindful of that so that doesn't clash. So I thought that was such a great point, Cam. Right. And when you are already looking at the Instagram ads that Instagram is producing or the Facebook ads that Facebook is producing, and even the border around those ads when you're in the news feed and in stories, you're already seeing those colors. Like think about Instagram for a moment. You know the the little circle that's around your picture, like your main image on your Instagram account? You're already seeing that not only in stories, but also in your news feed. And so if you're picking up those colors, your eye and the peripheral that you're looking at is already seeing those colors. And so standing out, having something different than that is going to grab your attention way quicker than if you're going to do something along those lines. Such a great tip. Um, The other thing that you want to keep in mind is that you should have no more than 20% of words on your image. So if you choose to add words to your image, make sure that it is something that hooks your audience and maybe perhaps an action that you want that viewer to take. All right, can we talk video real quick? Christy, you are a pro at just hopping on camera and talking to your audience. So being, one, confident enough to do that is key, but also pushing yourself outside of your box to record a video is super important. All right, Christy, I've got a couple questions I'm going to ask you. I'm going to give you some answers to 
um, or options to answer. So you ready? I'm ready. All right. The first one is how long does it take for someone to decide if your video is worthy of watching the rest of the video or just swiping through to something else? You have three seconds, eight seconds, or 12 seconds. Well, we would love for them to give us 12 seconds to actually watch and hear what we're saying, but we know that no one gives us that long. Um, And I hate to believe it's three. So let's go with eight seconds as a guess. All right. I wish it was 12 seconds. I also wish it was eight seconds, but it is. So think about yourself. Oh, no. I know, right? I can't believe it's three seconds. But if you think about yourself as a user... Think as you're going through Instagram stories, you've already watched like three or four people's Instagram stories, which could be anywhere from one to like 50 stories. But if you're going through and you see an Instagram ad, you see the little sponsored at the top. And as you're watching it, if it doesn't immediately grab your attention, you're swiping through to the next one. You want it to be able to grab your attention. If you are going to see a sponsored ad, which we all can know if it's sponsored or not. You want that to have something that engages them and keeps them there. All right, I have a follow-up question for you. How long should your Facebook ad be? Eight seconds, 15 seconds, or 30 seconds? Well, goodness, I guess I'm going to have to go with eight seconds since you told me that I only have three seconds to hook them. So do I only have five more seconds to tell them all the information once I hooked them in and kept them? That would suck if you only had that long to do it. That the answer is actually a combination of 15 and 30 seconds. So if you think about your user, if you are watching um, an Instagram live, that's different. But if you're on stories, if you're on your feed, if you're there for like three or four minutes, that's a really long time to be on one single thing that you're looking at. And so we want to keep it digestible and small enough to where you can actually listen to the whole thing without feeling like you've missed out on something else. Or maybe your kids come in and interrupt you. And so you want to get enough of that in before you have to move on to something else. So the answer is 15 to 30 seconds for a Facebook ad video. Now the social media game is rapidly changing and video is showing up and performing way better than images are. The other day, actually, I was scrolling on my Instagram and it took me about 20 different posts to just get to an image. All the previous ones were videos. Remember a few years ago when social media experts were saying that social media world was going to be moving in the direction of video? Y'all, we are there. We are in the time of video. Experiment with video and you can even do on Facebook ads. It's called an A-B test. And so that means you're testing two elements against each other to see which one performs better. You can do this with Instagram versus Facebook or an image versus a video. But trying it out and seeing which one is going to do better is super important to do, especially when you first begin. The other great thing about video is that when you do a retargeting ad, you can specify the retarget by how long someone watched the video and then measure those metrics. So if someone only watched for three seconds or four seconds, you can say, hey, I want to retarget that person with this other ad, which is either an image or a video. And I want you to send that to them. So that's the great thing about retargeting. And it's key to run, which we'll talk about retargeting later, because it actually takes the people who clicked on your ad, visited your page, and then they might get distracted. And it just 
gently reminds them to come on back. All right, next let's talk about your copy. Now, if you're newer in business, copy means the words and text you're using in marketing. Think blog posts, captions, show notes of this podcast, anything that has words to describe or invoke a feeling, that's copy. So when it becomes, uh, when it comes to the copy of your ad, you'll want to think of this in two different formats. First, being con- a conversation, not too formal of writing. And the second, with SEO in mind. SEO is search engine optimization, which is the words used to pair your searches with the results you're looking for. The bones for a good copy is a hook, a story, and a call to action. So Crystalline, let's take your business as an example for the copy section of this ad. So can you tell us a little bit about your audience and who totally needs your jewelry in their life? Um, I'm so excited that you're doing this with me, first off, because this is such a hard part of uh, business. And I actually studied advertising in college, so but I struggle with this. So um, the people who, this is why I struggle, is when you say, who needs jewelry in their life? Well, jewelry is a luxury thing. So I always go, well, I guess I'm not really feeling like a true need because we don't need it, right? But I would say um, (laughs) the women who need my jewelry are ones who um, are goal-oriented. They like to treat themselves, reward themselves when they accomplish something. Um, They typically are small business owners. Um, Do you want more like age or anything like that? No, that's great. No, that's great. That's great. I'm going to ask you some questions to really kind of identify that person more. But that's a really great start. Um, Okay, so I'm going to walk you through just a quick exercise to find your perfect copy. Um, So first, let's take your average ideal client, someone like you just described. Can you think about what one of their main desires on a day-to-day basis might be? High level, not super specific yet, but high level, what is one of their main desires on a day-to-day basis? Um, To be pursuing their goals. Would that make sense? Okay. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, okay, so now let's take that desire and how might pursuing their goals show up on a daily basis? Like what might they be doing or hoping for when they're pursuing their goals? Um, they typically have like a lot of tasks at hand and they're just sort of um, – you know, focusing on, on the task at hand or, or trying to, I do feel like most of my audience, um, at, at, at a lot of times are overwhelmed, um, with trying to do all the things, if that makes sense. (laughs) Yes. Sounds like me. I'm always trying to do all the things. (laughs) Um, we're going to talk about stressors in a second. And so having that knowledge right now is awesome. Um, so if they are pursuing their goals, they, you just said that they have lots of time or lots of things on their task list. Um, so I would assume because I'm one of those people (laughs) and I love your jewelry that one of the main things that they're looking for is time. And maybe that's like time to themselves because they have so much on their task list or time off maybe for intentional vacations with their family or their kids. Yeah. So if, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if that if that's something that they're looking and longing and needing in their life, so when they finally feel like they've gotten there, whether that's in six months or two years or ten years, and they feel like they've finally gotten there, what do you think that might show up for them like 
emotionally? Like, will they feel relief? Will they feel excited, valuable? Like, what do you feel like they would feel when they accomplish that desire of maybe getting more time because they worked so hard? I think the overall feeling um, is just happiness, you know, like that they Mm -hmm. accomplished that. Yeah, like joy and happiness. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, Okay, so let's do the same thing for stressors. So remember that joy, happiness. um, Let's do the same thing for stressors. You just said that they might feel overwhelmed, um, which is probably the feeling that they might feel. But let's start from the very top. What is one of their main points of stress or fear? This might look like um, maybe not feeling like they know all the things to get to that uh, place of more time in their life because of their hard work. Um, Maybe it looks like not having enough time, like there's so many things on their task list that they don't have time to be super intentional in their life. What do you feel like their main stress or fear looks like? Um, I I think it's their main stress or fear is that self-talk that they have in their head mm-hmm. about not doing it all and not doing it, basically not doing it all. <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense, you know, not yep. being able like kind of the, they, we, we, cause I feel like I'm also my ideal client. Um, you know, just kind of feels like that, um, we, we have all the things to do, but we're not kind of doing them all well in a way, mm-hmm. you know, and that's yeah. us. Yeah. And then you said that that looks like overwhelm, like they feel super overwhelmed by all the things. Yep. And I think a lot of them are trying to balance like that overwhelm with self-care and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to accomplish personal goals as well as business goals. Most of the women that are my clients are also small business owners. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. So let's take some of that that we just talked about and integrate it into the copy that you're going to use in your ad. And you're totally welcome to take this and start your first ad. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So the reason that we do that is, first of all, we want to resonate with them. We want to make them feel seen and heard by you and possibly relate to your ideal client. And you might even be your ideal client, but you want to feel like when they come to shop with you, when they come to your website, when they engage with you on social media, that they feel like they're essentially your people. They're, they're with you. So knowing these desires and stressors of your ideal client is going to help you with not only messaging in your ads, but the copy in your emails and the website copy that you have on your website and really any communications that you might have with your customers. So here we go. Let's write your ad copy. So the first thing I mentioned earlier is your hook. So writing a great, compelling copy copy starts with a hook. This is the most important part of the copy that you're writing on an ad. Make sure you call out the person you want to attract. A good rule of thumb in any hook you you write should also be in a singular voice, not a plural. The reason for this is when you read something that has to do with you, you want it to feel personal. If you call out to a group of people, it might feel like you're a fish in a big pond. So for example, if I was writing you an email, but it was sending to my entire email list, I would either write, hey friend, for singular, or hey friends, for plural. I know that I would way rather receive something that is singular than plural. So we're going to start with your hook. If you can make this a question and address the desires or the fears that we just talked about, 
then that's a great formula for an awesome hook. So Crystalline, you said your ideal client's biggest fear is feeling overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. So an example of a hook in order to have them feel like they're being called out, called out in a good way, not a bad way, is something like, hey, friend, do you feel completely overwhelmed by this season? So what you're doing there is you're addressing the feeling that they are likely feeling and you're addressing the possible season they might be in. And so this might look like a true season, like winter, summer, spring, autumn, or it might look like this Christmas season or this holiday season or this um, back to school season or, or a specific kind of time frame in their life. And so that's a great option for a hook, making sure it has a question and it is addressing either the overwhelm or the wanting to do all the things and creating more time and space in their life. The next part of this story is to show um, a story. So when you're doing your hook, you need to follow it up with a story and show who you are while also resonating with your client. So I'm sure in your many years in business, as well as just being a mama, you likely have some sort of short story that you can tell that connects you with your audience. And the biggest thing I say all the time is people buy from people and they don't want to feel like they're just in a number. So if you can relate to them in any possible way, this is another key to a successful Facebook ad. This story should only be a handful of sentences long and show you're familiar with their fear and desire that's similar to what they desire as well. So this final part is your call to action. You want to be super clear here and act like you're telling a five-year-old to go do something. So take your son or my son, Winston or Brody, for example. If you were to tell Winston to go and purchase a piece of your jewelry, you'd be way more specific than to your friend. So use something like this to tell them what you want them to do. If you want, fill in the blank, so that you can, fill in the blank, then click on this button below to fill in the blank. So if I was talking to my son or your son, I would say, hey, Brody, I want you to go to, or if you want to um, receive some knowledge about small business ownership so that you can feel like you have more time on your hands, then click the button below to subscribe to our podcast. Do you see what I'm saying there? Yeah. Mm. So now you've got a good bones for your copy. The next is your headline, and this is the second most important piece of copy you need to focus on. Remember, the first was your hook, and the second most important is your headline. It's what prompts your viewer to actually take an action. I usually recommend making a list of 20 to 30 headlines before you actually pick the one. And don't stop until you at least get to 20 different headlines. It should start with a verb like book or sign up or learn more or purchase. Something like that that causes them to take action and it's direct. You want them to do something. Okay. We can't talk about ads and not talk about the place that you're sending those ads to to convert. I can't tell you how many times I've clicked on an ad and been taken to where I was hoping to go and be unfortunately disappointed when I got there. Part of creating an ad is following up with your landing page with a similar feel and ambience your viewer is pointed to. If you have a super professional ad that has incredible images 
and then you get pointed to an outdated site with different copy and images. You're going to click off of it as soon as you land there. Has anyone seen the ads on Instagram where it's a cute dress or a sweatshirt set on a normal looking woman and you click over to the website to learn it's a site from overseas and looks way untrustworthy, like you don't want to put your credit card in? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes, I probably am still waiting for something from one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Okay, so let's take it a step even further. Have you seen those ads? Bought the product, like you, Christy, you're waiting on something, and it shows up totally different than you were expecting it to? Yes. (laughs) I hope that doesn't happen to you, Christy, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so I clicked on an ad for this cute fall green dress that had these scrunched arm sleeves, and it was cut at the perfect spot above the knee. Well, the same photo is on the website. So it looked trustworthy. I bought it. So it showed up about a month later, which was way longer than I was expecting. And I opened up the package, hoping to find this cute dress and hopefully wear it the next day. While I opened up the package, pulled it out, tried it on to find the dress that looked nothing like the ad. And it looked a bit more like a pilgrim dress that was longer in length and was kind of like bell-bottom sleeves, which I don't know if that makes any sense, but you know, like bell-bottom jeans? It's like bell-bottom sleeves on my arms. <laughs> so it was not at all what I clicked on, what I ended up buying. Totally was dis- uh, was totally disappointed when it came. So not only does your website need to match your ad, but so does what the consumer receives from you if they convert to a customer. You might not have a product where you could have a crazy fiasco like that, but you might have to have them sign up for your email list or online products. And if you aren't consistent with what you advertise and add, you're going to have too many people asking for refunds or unsubscribing for your email list. Another example I have is I clicked on an ad to get a freebie and I expected to get the freebie, obviously, in my email, but then I got another email five hours later another email five hours later, another email five hours later. And by the next morning, I had three or four more emails than just that one thing. And they were selling me on their product as soon as possible with those three other ads or three other emails. It was crazy. And I unsubscribed because I was like, oh my gosh, I just wanted the freebie. (laughs) I didn't want 50 other emails in my email inbox. Has that happened to either of you? Yes, definitely it's happened. And it's like they want to like ask you to marry them yeah. when you just met them on the first date, right? Like completely oh inappropriate gosh. to start selling to me totally. right away. Okay, so now it's time to finally set up your Instagram and Facebook ad. So Facebook ads manager makes it pretty simple to create the ad. However, I have a great guide to setting up your ads along with the exercises on worksheets to assure that you're creating the perfect converting ad, which I'll tell you more about at the end of this episode. It's called Facebook ads blueprint. So just hold on a few moments for that. The last part of a successful ad for creatives is to make sure your ad is performing as you expected it to. Amanda, I've got a question for you now. So how long after you've published this ad should you go and check to see how it's performing? One day, three days, or five days? Ooh, I'm going to go with three days. Three days is correct. You are absolutely correct on that. It is three days. And the reason you need to wait three days is to give it time to learn the audience that you just put together and gather the information needed. 
So if your numbers are low and you aren't getting the traction that you need, it's time to switch up some things like your image or your copy or that landing page that they went to. Um, Another example, I ran an ad recently for my holiday wreath making classes. And in the first few days, my numbers were super low. I gave it three days. They continued to be low. And I looked at what could keep people from converting and figured out that people were clicking on the link, but they weren't getting to the checkout portion of the landing page. I made the page on my computer, did the ad on my computer, and tested it out on my computer. What I didn't do was have someone else outside of my inner circle check it on their computer and their phone. What I learned was my call to action was way too far down on the landing page and people weren't even getting to the thing I wanted them to get to. So a simple change of repositioning the landing page and my conversions went straight through the roof. I actually had converting ads. So I have one extra credit tip to share with you and that's retargeting ads. We've talked about this a little bit earlier and a retargeting ad is just a gentle reminder to those that have gotten distracted. Like the mama who was scrolling on her Instagram and her kiddos needed her attention or maybe the busy entrepreneur that was about to purchase that product you wanted them to but then their phone rang. So a retargeting ad is a simple way to set up. And all you have to do is create a new image or video, tweak the copy to expand on the previous copy, and call them out by saying something like, hey friend, I don't want you to miss out on this thing. And there you have it. The questions you might have, um, I would love to hear. I would love to answer any question that any of you might have. Do you have any? So I will go. I know you mentioned earlier there are lots of different objectives. And typically when I run ads, I always like to specifically use them for brand awareness. Um, I know something that we've discussed personally is I always believe serving my audience before selling them. So do you believe there is a certain ratio uh, when we're running ads that we should choose the brand awareness ads over the ads that are specifically just Uh, lead generating or just ads that are driving to a sales page? So I think it totally depends on the result that you want to do. So brand awareness is an awesome thing if you're wanting to grow your following or grow people coming on to your site and just understanding who you are. And I think that's a great place to start for sure, but it totally depends on the result that you want to build. So if you want to grow your following from a couple hundred to a few thousand or a few thousand to a few tens of thousands, then brand awareness is great, but it totally depends on the result that you want to happen from there. If part of um, building your following is growing your email list, then brand awareness might get them to your your, uh, email list if you have the um, feed and the stories to back that up. But if you don't have them needing to go to a specific place, then um, I would do something like traffic to get them to a specific page. But brand awareness is a great place to start if you're needing to grow your audience, in my opinion. Um, does that answer your question a little bit more? Yeah, I like I like that answer. I typically have funnels set up on anything that I do, like even social media and the website. But yeah, I do like that answer. So I'll definitely keep that in mind and uh, share with my people. Awesome. Hey, Kim, so I've heard a lot of people talk about they do their whole Facebook ad and then Facebook rejects the ad. Do you have any tips for not allowing that to happen to you? I do. So Facebook likes to reject things, but they typically tell you why they rejected it. Um, It might be because your 
um, image was too big or too small, which they'll typically tell you that specifically um, as you're creating it. Like there's going to be a little red um, little warning sign that comes up. But if your ad gets rejected, it's likely because something needs to be tweaked or maybe you broke a rule like that 20% rule, which it's funny, that 20% rule of um, the words on your image isn't really written down anywhere, but it's just intellectual knowledge I've learned over the time. Um, and so they'll typically tell you why it might be rejected. And if they don't, which sometimes it doesn't, then simply just reaching out to Instagram and Facebook ads is a great solution to that. But there's a variety of reasons why that might happen. I know that within the um, guide that I have, it's called Facebook Ads Blueprint. I actually teach you the step-by-step-by-step way to set those up. And I've never had an issue with mine not working. Um, But there certainly are areas where it can get stopped up, especially during the creation process. But typically it'll tell you, hey, this is, you know, off or that something is wrong here. And it'll give you a suggestion of like, hey, if you switch the size or if you switch the actual image or whatever that might be, um, they have gotten better over the years. (laughs) They used to not be that simple, but... They've got some helpful helpful tips now. That's awesome. Sounds like we just need to follow your blueprint, friend. Yes, it's a great blueprint. But um, even if you don't get the blueprint, I mean, there's Facebook ads. One changes all the time. Just the um, the look of it and the the feel of it on there. The bones of Facebook ads stays the same. It just might look a little bit different over the years. Um, however, they are really great at, at just mentioning, hey, this is off, this needs to be tweaked, and kind of going through that process with you. Hey, so you know what would be, I'm a CPA, so of course I have to ask you, do you have a set budget that you use or how do you determine how much to spend on Facebook ads? So I would say or is that a whole other it is a totally another topic and I covered that in the blueprint, but um, just to answer your question, a minimum that I would spend is $5 per day. And it depends on what you're wanting to do with the ads. So if you're just trying to um, maybe get people in for a webinar or get people in for a specific sale that ends at a specific time, you're going to want to have enough time for the ad to learn and then start running. But then you also want to um, bookend that time frame that the ad is out there for a specific date. And so you can do um, daily rates or you can do um, a lifetime rate, but I would say no more, no less than $5 per day is a good uh, thing to do. Um, and it's kind of like gambling a little bit, which is why you look at your ads three days after they begin. If you do an ad for less than three days, it's really hard for that to convert because that ad is going to try to learn. It's going to put that ad in front of a um, smaller audience depending on how that audience interacts with that ad, it'll be released to a bigger audience. And so um, it, it needs some time to do that. I wouldn't do it less than three days. A good rule of thumb is anywhere from like five to 10 days on a short term. But I have ads that run all the time and I just put a lifetime budget on that um, because that's one of my email list growth ways that I grow my list. Um, but if you're doing a specific one, I would say no less than $5 a day, um, which is, you know, a cup of coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> um, 
support so you're spending five bucks a day girl yeah Yeah, I would say five dollars a day but you could certainly do if you have like a short term and you want to get a lot of people in you could certainly do twenty five dollars a day it just depends on how much you want to spend and the results that you want to gather from that right love it awesome any other questions that I can answer for y'all this was helpful you have definitely given some awesome insight Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. I know that those questions are going to be so helpful for other people listening in too. um, And things that I didn't think about, you know, teaching on this podcast, but I do teach it in the blueprint. Awesome. I have pages and notes, girl. I'm excited. Can't wait to do this. (laughs) Well, I can't wait to see your Facebook ads. Coming soon. Well, thank you so much to each of you for coming on the podcast with me today. I hope you learned a little something about Facebook ads, and I seriously can't wait to see your own Facebook ads. You'll have to send me pictures of yours once you start them. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Cam. I love just discussing strategies and hearing all your extra tips. Awesome. Thanks for being here, Amanda. Same thing. Thanks, girl. I love you girls. It's so fun to um, mastermind with you girls every week and cheer you on. And I love that you invited us to um, teach us about this, Cam. You definitely um, are an expert at it and we are going to grow. Awesome. Well, thanks for being here. I can't wait to have this episode go live and have it impact so many people. All right. Are you ready to learn more about Facebook ad blueprint? I sure am, and I'm so excited for you to know about it. This is a step-by-step guide on how to do a Facebook ad, especially for those who are in the creative realm. It's so easy for us to imagine what our ad might look like, but it's more than just about what the ad looks like. It's about setting up your audiences and setting up your Facebook ads account the right way, along with figuring out your cold and your warm audiences and writing copy for your ad that actually converts. There's so much more that goes into a Facebook ad than just a few words and an offer and an image. So we have a step-by-step guide on how to do a Facebook ad, and we would love for you to join in on that. It's only $27, and you get lifetime access to it. So as the Facebook ads um, generation begins to form and uh, shift and create new ways of doing things, we'll continue to update the guide. And so you only pay $27, and you get lifetime access. We'd love for you to be a part of this Facebook ad blueprint. So go to rendereducate.co backslash ads, R-E-N-D-E-R-E-D-U-C-A-T-E dot C-O backslash A-D-S, rendereducate.co backslash ads.